All right, we are back, <laughs> and this week we are list them and learn. Um, shout out to uh, to Mayor MJF, former guest of the podcast uh, Jeff Foyerstein. I'm joined tonight, returning guest. Finally, um, I should have asked you before we started, but um, <laughs> JML, how you doing? And and welcome back, man. We missed you on the podcast. I'm doing well. Um, all things considered, had some personal things happen over the summer, so that's why I haven't been on the show been woefully behind on just wrestling in general let alone stardom that's what a lot of people that listen listen when i when i come on they'll they're they're listening for that but um slowly easing back into rest watching wrestling again yeah and uh having you on we wanted to do a catch-up we wanted to do a lot of things but having you on in an emergency because we had a uh uh, a bit of some technical difficulties with Quentin at the last minute, and I figured, why the hell not do some some uh, breaking news audio? Because everyone I saw online was talking about it. The uh, PWI Women's 250 came out. I really only saw it because I saw um, was it Scott E Wrestling? Shout out to Scott E doing tons of great work over there. Um, who just listed basically the all of the Joshi that were made the list and their placement and. It's a fucking shit show. It doesn't make it really looks like it doesn't make absolutely any sense. Um, the men's list was comparably fucked up this year, but yeah, I mean, I guess biggest overall thoughts. I don't know how much you've looked into the the full list, but even just kind of based on the little bit of, of what's out there online, and we'll go through the full list. I've got the, I've got it here. But uh, yeah, Jay, what did you think of uh, what do you think of this PWI? Women's 250. And is this the first year that they bumped it up to 250? It's been 150 in the past? Yeah, it's been 150 in the past. This year they made it to 250. So, um, yeah, and this one, it's kind of, I don't know. Like, if you view it as if you're a WWE super fan, this is a great list. It, but to everyone else, it's not. Um, I was very surprised that Julia's got number two. Um, yeah. But Rhea Ripley is a glorified manager this year, and right. she got number one. So that's it's kind of nuts, but um, that's the power <laughs> of power of WWE. As where do you all. come down? Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, where do you come down on Rhea Ripley horny posting? Are you are you for it or against it? Because it's the it's the dividing topic when it comes to internet conversations at this point. Um, before I used to be. I used to be like, "Hey, do what you do what you want," but I saw one. <laughs> yes, I I saw one post this morning that said like, "I I like this one promo." Like I forgot who tweeted it. It said, "I like this one promo." Promo. It was just a picture of her behind. I was just like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is this is getting really weird. This is yeah, getting really really weird." If you okay, so. I, I had never really thought about it. I'm, I've been against it, but I did see someone who mentioned it where they were like basically saying like they've tricked people into thinking that they're being uh, transgressive or, or gender queer or whatever by horny posting about a girl because she has muscles. Um, if you were not in the doldrums, if you were not <laughs> repping for, you know, muscle mamas in the Nicole Bass era, then yes, you are not <laughs> gender queering by liking Rhea Ripley, you know, like, like, I'm sorry, but I have been into bodybuilding since I was young, you know, very young, um, which goes back into the early 90s and stuff like that. And I have 
found, you know, muscular forms of both genders attractive for my entire life. And yeah, so like for me, I'm just like, yeah, I, I get it. But when you see people on Twitter who like Rhea Ripley is the only muscular woman that they've ever found attractive, that's where you're going like, OK, yeah, you're not. Uh, yeah, you're not uh, you're not pushing the boundaries and you're not, you know, non-binary now because you find Rhea Ripley. She's a conventionally attractive woman who wears black and has like, uh, you know, decent sized arms. That's basically all she's got, you know, to, to really make have her stand out. So um, the number one spot for her, as you said, is egregious because she is basically a manager. Um, she's had the title belt. She's had solid in-ring performances here and there, but she's predominantly an, a non-wrestling character. Um, but at the same time, can you argue that like someone like Roman Reigns is not equally kind of a <laughs> a glorified manager and a non-wrestling character on WWE? I mean, his role in the bloodline is to, you know, look upset and make his cousins wrestle. Um, her role is to look upset and make the rest of uh, of the Judgment Day wrestle and every now and then have a big title match where they spawn the same moves over and over again for 20 minutes until it's over. So, I mean, really, if you're going to say that about Rhea, you have to start basically indicting the entire WWE house style, which I'm more than willing to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I am, it's Hall of Fame, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame season. Um, I'm part of the tracker once again. And Roman Reigns is on the ballot. And we expect him to get a lot of votes. And um, I don't know if you read the article by Case Lowe on over at Voices of Wrestling, basically just a takedown of yeah. Roman Reigns' case. And it's just like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not going to say who I'm going to vote. Who I'm, I don't even have a vote. Um, that left my partner. He has a vote, but right. If I had a vote, um, I wouldn't say it because you know Hall of Fame season still still going. The votes are going to be in by the end of the month. But with Roman, Roman's probably I I really truly believe Home Roman's the the hardest case because of everything in context, and especially becoming this year because you can make a make an argument that um, the whole bloodline thing is dri driven um, business for WWE, but also if you look even a little bit further, house shows are up year over year compared to last year. Roman was there last year. The addition of Cody Rhodes, you could say Cody. You know, we right. are, we're, you know, we're we're basically positive. We were we were we were pro Cody when he was in AEW, and I'm st I I mean I, I of course I don't watch WWE now, but um, with Cody, I, he's only been a plus for WWE, and I think that um, there's a case that Cody's really driven the business for. WWE. I mean, last year, compared to SummerSlam last year, Roman was main eventing against Brock in a half-filled stadium in Nashville. And then this year, they sell they sell Ford Field out with him and Jey Uso. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make sense, you know? And I, I part of me points to, you know, the addition of Cody, maybe addition of Logan Paul, you know, it's it's a really weird case for Roman and yeah, you have to examine I really you really do have to examine him, but also this applies to Rhea Ripley. I don't I, I think in terms of observer award season, I don't think she's gonna be 
because I, I know they, they've created the new, um, women's wrestler of the year award. Um, it's going to be really weird to see if she gets it this year. Cause, um, yeah, I don't see, that'd be a I don't fucking see travesty. Case. Yeah. That would be a fucking travesty if he finally does a women's wrestler award and it goes to Rhea. It would be, I mean, that would just be embarrassing. Honestly, I mean, that's pack it up time when it comes to <laughs> observer awards. It's just like, Jesus Christ, you guys, like, come on. Like, no, I mean, it's again, it's all smoke and mirrors. The Cody thing is interesting because it hadn't quite crossed my mind, but I've, again, we both have been pro Cody for, you know, a very long time. Um, and I just, I have to say, like, Cody's a special guy. I said it when he left WWE. I, I don't even remember where I posted this, but, you know, it's just like, He's going to show up in all of the indies. He's going to do his thing, whatever. It's going to be good. But then he's going to show up in PWG. He's going to put on the fucking the nose guard and the crowd is going to lose their shit because Cody is just that smart of a worker. Like I predicted that like months, like as soon as Cody left, I was like, that's when he's going to do it. He's going to pull out the, you know, the undashing Von Doom, like Victor Von Doom Cody thing at Mm -hmm. PWG and the crowd, the Hollywood crowd is going to lose their mind because it's all comic book nerds. And that's exactly what he fucking did. And the crowd lost their mind. And by the end of the weekend, Bola weekend with the best wrestling in the planet and, you know, best wrestlers in the world, everyone was talking about Cody. So, you know, the guy is just, he's a special wrestler. He really, really is. And I saw it. I was there that weekend. I saw him live in a small building in Reseda. And like, it just, it was undeniable. He is a guy who, again, what is it? Undesirable to undeniable. Like yep, he is just yep. such an amazing worker to where like he knows what room he's in and he knows how to get over in that room and he can translate it from the biggest buildings to the smallest, you know, from the biggest arenas to the smallest buildings. Um, And so, yeah, so talk about his drawing ability. Like, of course, like he knows, he just knows how to get over like, you know, but this is not, this was not meant to be the Cody. <laughs> raising hour. Yeah. But of course, I'm always willing to jump in because I just I I think I adore him. I think the world of Cody. I really do. Um, Rhea is not Cody. Number two being Julia. That really does feel number one. It feels like just kind of the truth um, probably should be number one. Um, but it also feels like intentionally breaking it up so they don't have WWE, WWE back to back with Bianca number three. Um, which yeah. se- that seems fair. As the at, remove Rhea, if you had Julia one, Bianca two, that seems fair. Even Jamie three, perfect, right? I would mm-hmm. argue Tam at number five. You know, maybe she could be above Jamie. Either way, though, you know what I'm saying? Like that. That's that's all cash money. When you look at the top ten, if this top ten you removed Rhea, it's like almost you know, acceptable, right? Like, am I wrong? You know, you're not wrong at all. Um, with Julia, I think with the, the, they have the voting time frame. I think it's like September of last year to October 1st of this year. So like they take into account what you've done and, you know, in this kayfabe, whatever, but in terms of kayfabe accomplishments, um, Julia won five star Grand Prix, Truly won World of Storm Championship. She won Trio's title. She won. Um, she main evented Yokohama Arena. She uh, won the New Japan Strong Women's title against Willow. Um, yeah, that's like that's 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 as big of a yeah. push as you're gonna get. Like. I I don't like if you you obviously if you eliminate Rhea from from the list and just had Julia's number one yeah that'd be great but um 
But just a kayfabe perspective, yeah, like Julia should be number one. Like compared to Bianca, Bianca had like what the longest reign all all year for for a woman's right. title. But uh, with Julia, I think it's pretty it's pretty action packed for her year. Plus, also, I don't think a lot of people know this, but um, just any you of know, the you know people bag on impact and impact fans or whatever but they're really they're really taken aback when julia came and like they're kind of excited they want her to come back um after she had that match in philadelphia um with the the impact was at the multiverse united show they want her to come back and they um they want like i i could see a bidding war between well not a bidding war but um Because I, I really don't think AEW would pony up the money for Julia, but you don't know. But um, I can really see, you know, Impact wanting her, obviously, uh, WWE wanting her. Like, she's kind of, she's sort of crossing over eerily similar to when Hana, uh, right before Hana passed away, of that that section of WWE fans that know of her. And like they like if they know anything of Japanese women's wrestling, they know Julia, and it's a really weird section of section she's at right now, where she's you know she's gonna wrestle in in Vegas, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for New Japan, and she's facing um, Ion. Um, and she might, you know, if things go well there, she might wrestle. I know Mayu's wrestling uh, Stephanie Vaquer at Dallas um, for the Lone Star Shootout, but they might just bring Julia there, too. The more and more appearances she has in the U.S., the more and more I think more and more fans are going to know of her and, and, and take a liking to her. And, um, you know, she's just she's just got star written all over, you know, the big match that everybody wants to serve is Mercedes, but um, we'll we'll see in terms of Mercedes' health. You know, I know she got the walking boot off, but um, yeah, with Julia, um, yeah, it. I think it was as as great of I think she had a really great year um, in terms of worldwide. Um, women wrestlers across the world and just rest, wrestlers in general. Um, Cause I remember I came here, came on earlier and said that she was going to have MVP year and then she lost the belt. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but she's had a really, she has a really good, good year um, in ring wise too. I mean, I'm catching up on five star, grand, five star grand prix. If you haven't checked it out, Go watch the match with her, Mina Shirakawa, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. But um, with Mina, but yeah, um, there's a match with her and Mina, really good match in the middle of the tournament. Um, I thought that should have been um, Rossi should have booked that maybe beginning of the tournament. I know uh, Mina had a match, I think it was with Utami at the beginning of the tournament. Um, because at the end, at, at the final night, he had Mina versus Sariano. Um, but yeah, that match with uh, her and Julia, that was a really good match. Yeah, I am. Um, 
Yeah, definitely stepping it up over the year. I looked up as we were going through this, and you probably saw it because I'm, I'm sharing my screen here. Um, it's like it's mid September to end of September the next year. Um, is the the period, and yeah, like Julia, not only, um, just you know the presentation, but stepping it up in ring to where I kind of talked about it with over that time period of just becoming, you know, a a phenomenal worker who becomes like kind of a a special attraction while being the top person, just presenting herself as the king of the mountain, really, and and someone to be overcome by all walks of life too. Like anyone from all over the, you know, all over the card and all different styles um, from feuds with, as you talk about with the, the Shirakawa match, the Nakano stuff, and uh, even the Suzu Suzuki matches, like being like something unique against a, an array of opponents in different styles. Um, Jimmy Hayter is an interesting one. I guess that the voting time period kind of helps in some ways, or the, you know, the, the, the period that they're looking over because of, you know, her injury was not like, necessarily a big chunk of it but feels like she's been out for quite a while at this point um while still having a really phenomenal run leading up to that um and really solidly being you know a good wrestler all the way through that's why i say i could definitely flip-flop her i could even flip-flop her and like athena here at number six um and have tam up above both of them and have like an athena you know at, at above that like but you know that's maybe me but i don't know what you have you know thoughts on on kind of that little that little bit there um i could definitely flip tam and jamie i mean jamie got really over really fast but um to me just the injury just takes her out of it i wouldn't put her in a top 10 um it's funny because i was in a group chat with a bunch of people and on sunday they raised um they put in a tweet that the 250 was coming out and i was like oh boy here we go so um let me just look up my list i it was it was eerily similar to what the list i came up with um this list and i let me just look and see where what i came up with i definitely had ria julia bianca tam athena diana camille that's i definitely had those just because you got to get a you got to get an impact wrestler in there you know that's something that they always right, right. always do and then you got to do something with the nwa so you have camille even though i'm i'm not the biggest fan of camille i think she's not that good but um okay i found the list and i had ria athena bianca jade um jade was what, like number 12 or something like that um Camille, Tam, Julia, Jane, I had Jamie Hader, and then my last one was either Mariah or Tiffany Stratton, um, because Mariah's had a, she's been pushed really, really hard this year, um, with the white belt run, right. um, her winning Cinderella tournament, her winning the tag titles, um, and I think she won something, she might have won the trio, I think she won the trio titles with, with God's Eye, maybe not. But yeah, it might have been the the triangle derby or whatever. The no, because prominence won. Prominence won okay. the triangle. She was. They were in the finals though. I do. I okay. do remember that. Yeah, they were in the finals against prominence. Um, because Suzu and and Risa Sarah and and Karumi, they won. They won the triangle derby, but they beat they beat Mariah and Ami and Suri in the finals. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, but even that. Yeah, she gets to the finals of the sure. triangle derby. Like so, yeah, it's super stacked. Like, 
super super oh, stack yeah. gear for for Mirai. Um, so yeah, I thought that, and then Tiffany Stratton, just because they're pushing her so much, but uh, maybe because she lost to to uh, to Becky Lynch um, recently, that's probably I mean, why. That but that feels like that would have even been outside of the period of judging, right? That's this is another one where it's just like, where's where's the where is that judge? Yeah, Tiffany Stratton, twenty five here, and does feel. I don't know because I'm not a fan or anything. I'm not arguing for her to be higher. I'm just saying like it does in the context of like you're saying the really hard push in NXT and the title run and all of that. You would think it would be a bit higher, but I guess it is what it is. There, um, you know, this is the PWI. What are we? What are we really talking about here? You know, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, you got Tam. I mean. Even at five, Tam seems incredibly low, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, she... Double title win unifies the two belts, even if you know she doesn't unify them and splits them up afterwards. Incredibly hard push with the Mel tier run, which I think would be in within this consideration. Like, just if you look at that plus the quality of the wrestling, it's just it's kind of crazy to be underneath hater and even bianca like you know but again this is this is where it turns into like you feel like they're shuffling things just so that they're not like feeling heavy in one department or the other yeah yeah and i even saw kristen ashley she's part of pwi she basically broke it down and said there was three aew slash ring of honor wrestlers two stardom wrestlers two wwe wrestlers two impact wrestlers and one from the nwa and And half the women were uh, people of color. So, um, yeah, so it really feels like they wanted to balance everything out. So they wanted to be, quote, unquote, objectionable. But, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. (laughs) Okay, so Diana, Diana and Willow. And even Camille, right? I mean, honestly, everything, everyone in the top ten underneath Athena, right? Diana, Willow, Camille, Jordan Grace. Am I crazy to say that they all kind of feel high? Like they, yeah. I could see any of them not being in the top ten. Yeah, like w- Willow was the one that surprised the hell out of me. Even though, um, you know, she main evented um, the Ring of Honor pay per view, um, and you know the New Japan Strong win over Mercedes. I still think that's she's really become a breakout star, but um, it's still really, really high for this year. Like really really high like i don't i don't think like yeah <laughs> well because i can't speak for impact because i don't watch impact that much so that's why diana and jordan grace i'm like eh, whatever but sure and in i've already stated my thoughts on camille but that's more of just them being nice to nwa and and kayfabe camille was champ the whole year but um, yeah, but sure. Willow, yeah, I, that's really, really high. Too high Willow, for my... Yeah, feel, it feel, that's where you then question, like, what's the rubric here? Because they, they try to act as if this is, like, within kayfabe, and that's why, when stuff doesn't make sense, oh, that's why, right? But then you look at Willow, and it's like, okay, that seems like that's clearly a pick that's based on, you know, how over she is, and, like, the quality of her matches. So then it's like, okay, well, then is this kayfabe, or is this not? Especially when you're talking about the top ten. Like outside of the top ten, sure, whatever. But like, I don't know. It just, it seems that seems again out of kind of really out of the question. Like, wise to have her that high, really. Um, when you're, it does feel like you're kind of going outside of the kayfabe 
uh, rubric that they try to pre- present as like a big part of what they're doing. But I mean, maybe yeah. they're not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's one. I mean, we'll we could talk about Mina okay. in a second. Oh. We could talk about Mina sure. in a second, but like, um, Sky Blue is 89. Doesn't she right. lose all of her matches? All of her matches? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just in the top 100, someone who loses every single match. Yeah. And then um, you have like Natsupoi's like 141. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, look through the list. And yeah, the, I mean, when you think about the time period, you got Chris Statlander at 18 here, right? Uh, how much of this time period was she out injured? That's a good question. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Most of it? Like, I mean, Jesus. You got the Tony Storm, you know, and they're talking about Norma Desmond inspired or whatever. But like, she started the Timeless Tony character after the time period that this is supposed to be going on. That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But you're like referencing this... that as part of the case. Like, how does this, you know, this is where the stuff starts to not make any sense. Um, we're talking about the top, you know, we've got at least four slots that I think we both can agree with do not belong. I mean, fuck it, Bria, right? We have five slots in the top 10 that we, I think we both agree don't belong. And then you've got Masha Slamovich at number 13, who was like arguably one of the top indie wrestlers in the entire world. You know, I mean, GCW champion, the biggest indie in America, um, WXW, like having the matches in the Femme Fatale tournaments. And then also on top of that, like being in the 16 carat, which is a predominantly male tournament being, you know, involved in like WXW in that way. Like there's probably more stuff in there that I'm not even thinking about, but like she couldn't have been in the top 10. Yeah. Even in the write-up in this, I'm looking at the write-up now, they, they mentioned West Coast Pro's women's title. Like, huh? Like, <laughs> like I, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. like, there's a lot there that makes absolutely no sense. Um, Miyu Yamashita, that Miyu Yamashita at 17, like, I, I don't know. I, I really like Yamashita, but like, again, that feels her and then, um, Mizuki, like right here in the top 20, feels like, okay, like we got to get some TJPW people in there and like shove them in. Like, because I think yeah. realistically, I don't know that I have them in these places. You know what I mean? Like, not to say that they're not, not to say like, okay, Roxanne Perez, I'd probably have them above like a Roxanne Perez, you know, like, uh, uh, like a, even a Statlander who I love. I'm talking about like, how much was she really in this year? Like, it just. It, Again, this it's so hard, it's so infuriating to even look at this and like try to make light like make an understanding of what the fucking uh what the what the um what the logic is here, what the rubric is, because it's just all over the fucking place. Yeah, yeah. I don't I really don't get it. Um right. yeah, because uh well you have Kari at sixteen. Um I guess because the is, yeah. Go ahead. I guess because of the IWGP championship. Sure. Yeah. But look at look at Saya at 10 or at 20. Saya Kamatani at 20 with basically the entire time period that we're talking about. She was the white belt champion. Mm-hmm. Dominant championship reign with win after win. All of that quality matches like does Car- is Kari with a new belt that's not necessarily even positioned as higher because of like just the way it was like does she really warrant being that much that further ahead no <laughs> not at all like no absolutely um, not. yeah 
I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is kind of, this is really weird. Yeah. This is looking at this list is really weird. Um, skip over all of this. Let's see what do we got. Charlotte Flair at 21. I mean, I don't even know. She was like, out for seven months. Yeah, she was out for most of this time. <laughs> Trinity Fatu at 23. Like, what did she really do? How much, how long was she out? And then when she does return, how many matches did she even have an impact? She's had like she's, four or five matches. I think she started impact in July, maybe. Sure. Um, let me, let me check. Cause yeah, it was really weird. Like, cause I remember, I remember her, her first match getting some buzz. Um, it's weird. I can't even. I'm looking up a cage match and uh, <laughs> yeah, me, it was it was right it's not even pulling it up. Uh, okay. I mean, so, okay, she's had 15 matches in cage match. She and she debuted in April. Uh, April. Right? There you go. Yeah, April. So I mean, I guess they all fall within it, but she's got 15 matches. And then if you look yeah. at like the rest of the of her year. I, I don't know. I guess maybe you can make an argument here, but altogether, within the grading period, she's got you know seventy matches. Um, a lot of these are going to be WWE like live shows, house shows, not on television. She's got a little bit of a tag team title run, and then she's got a handful of Impact matches. I mean, really, top twenty five? I don't know. Like, I'm not hating on Trinity. I think she's good, but with the with with you've got Io Sky even right below her, who's had championship run better quality matches all that stuff in there like even that is just like what are you talking about and ronda rousey i mean has ronda rousey done jack shit to be at 22 right above trinity there i mean what has she done yeah in this time uh, period wrestling wise quality wise draw even even in kayfabe she's probably lost most of her matches and is not really you know i mean it just doesn't make any sense. That looks like that really just looks like you're like going based on her name. You're not really going on anything else. The one I'm looking at is Taya, Taya Valkyrie at 26. Right. I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's saying held the Reina de Reyes championship in MLW women's champ. Huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you th- are those even? Yeah. Yeah. Looking, looking at, at Rhonda's cage match she's had less than 30 matches within the time period and you know i remember half most of, of those attacks yeah and and half of them are even on tv and i right. don't really think that pwi should be you know judging based on house shows right and no. then yeah how many of them are just tag matches and and how many of them they're mostly losses again if we're talking about this in the context of it being kayfabe it's like a ton of losses a ton of tag matches and a ton of stuff that's just not on tv it's it's crazy and taya is probably even worse because she's probably taken more time off had worse matches and literally has done almost nothing in this time period to warrant this spot mickey james i mean jesus wasn't she retired for half of the time period that we're talking about here and she's at 27 um, yes yes yeah <laughs> becky Lynch. okay so 29 and 30 you see this becky lynch and mayu iwatani that is fucking insane with the people <laughs> that we were talking about in the top 10 and you've got these two in the 30s or almost in the 30s that's crazy 
you're talking about two of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. On top of the presentation of Becky as being a top star constantly, Mayu, the same thing, presented as the top star in her company. Like, what is this? Why? Are, what are they? Are you fucking? This is insane. That is insane. Am I, am I, am I wrong? No, no. And especially with Mayu, because I guess in the time frame, uh, she was SWA champ. She never lost the belt. She just sealed it. Um, they, so she never lost that belt. And then, um, she won the IWGP, you know, she lost in the finals of the tournament, but then beat Mercedes at, at Yokohama Arena and hasn't lost since. Right. Like, right. In a kayfabe wise, you gotta, you gotta pick Mayu. Um, right. and then, yeah, it's so, it's so weird. This is so, <laughs> why am I, why are we thinking that it's so weird? We should not be breaking this down like this but what the fuck else are we gonna do it's a good way to just <laughs> to just complain and lose it but yeah i mean once we get out of the 30s okay now we're suzu suzuki at 31 nicole matthews at 32 right i should be kind of happy like oh at least they're getting yeah mentioned. i was about to but say that's is, your girl yeah but this is like the thing that i posted on on twitter before we started recording about mio momono i i would almost accept more when you go like they just don't even notice this person but this is the problem with the pwi because they do these extensive lists and they have so many people on the list they just like hit these people and then their placement becomes even more glaringly fucking offensive because it's like okay if nicole is on the list then she should be in the top 20 easily let alone like you know what i mean like i could just see just not having her but where does it how does it make any sense to have her in the 30s she's incredible when it comes to in ring wise she's presented strong all over like her scene she's really one of the top stars in all of the pacific northwest the entire region she's probably honestly i think you could argue she's the number one top wrestler in the pacific northwest i actually when i i wouldn't have crossed my mind until i'm thinking about it right now but for her entire region i can't think of anybody who's really presented stronger than her or or as a bigger star and also throw in the fact that she's a better wrestler right like like she's one of the she's the one of the top wrestlers in the scene and she's legitimately presented as like one of the biggest stars of the scene so if you're gonna have her on the list it doesn't make sense to have her this low right right you know so yeah. shuri at 37 that seems fucking crazy you at 35 is the same thing as nicole like i said like if you're gonna have her on the list she should be higher for the quality of matches that she has the titles that she holds and the big time pre presentation that she's had like Am I am I wrong? Yeah, I mean she's kind of the queen of the indies in terms of Japanese women's wrestling indie any promotions. So, and you know she gets brought into stardom a lot. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. I wish like, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I wish we had like the DVDVR women's one hundred again. Like, right. To compare, yeah. like some actual some actual opinions here. Shuri at thirty seven. I don't know. I don't know if, like, necessarily if within the time period, maybe she was down phased. I think she was a bit, but quality, you know. And this is where again they are the argument about like, oh, it's kayfabe, you know, like, oh, okay, well, it's kayfabe then. But then again, I look at other stuff and I go, okay, well, if it's kayfabe, then why, you know, why is Camille at number eight or whatever? I guess, oh, okay, she had that title, you know, whatever. Bailey at forty one, like that's. That's kind of the spot. 
right? I mean, this is what we just talked about with with Rhea being a glorified manager. Bailey as like kind of being mostly a manager. Forty one, fair. That's fair enough, right? But then Mariah, like you talked about, forty three. Mariah, what the fuck is she doing here? This is kind of egregiously low for the year that she's had. Um, yep. <laughs> is there anything else? You know, we're looking at the we're looking through the lists here. Venny, Venny, I think could could be higher. Azumi. It's fucking that's depressing at 47, really. Like, especially look at Lana Austin underneath here. You want to talk about a glorified dropper. I mean, Lana Austin. I mean, she's I don't I don't even know. Like, okay, I know who Lana Austin is because I'm a fucking freak who watches all of this shit, but that's it's it's fucking crazy that she's even on the list, let alone this high. She's barely a wrestler at this point. It's like it's ridiculous, you know. Um high end decent, but I could see her higher. Indy Hartwell probably doesn't even belong on the list really i mean if we're being honest you know i don't know is there anything that stands out here to you um she won the nxt women's championship so did she yeah jesus all right i totally forgot it i totally forgot about it also but i remember dexter dexter loomis came and helped her so (laughs) and then she got yeah she had to she had she had to give it up because she got she got injured i I think all right yeah yeah well, you know, that that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> what do we... Uh, oh, Jesus, what happened here? I'm like frozen. There we go. I'm like, oh, my page is frozen. Okay, Mina, this is where we got to... I got to hear from you. Mina at 51. Can't even make the top 50. What the fuck is the deal here with, with Mina? Right. <sighs> Mina Shirakawa is probably the most improved wrestler in all of wrestling. Like... Um, her rise from even from if you want to take account from from that whole September to September year, um, fucking amazing. Like, um, she challenges Saya for the for the white belt, gets injured, gets her teeth cut, kicked in, or whatever. So she has to she has to be out. Um, she comes back in December, um, forms a new group, you know, leaves, um. What is it? Cosmic Angels to form Club Venus forms her own group. Um, One of the best factions in in wrestling too. When they come together, I mean, Club Venus like just abs- absolutely rocks from the second they hit the ground. You know. Yeah, and with that, you know, her and Mariah May won the tag titles, um, <laughs> and had a really good reign. Like probably the best, probably this year. In, in ring wise, the best um, goddesses of stardom reign because um, we have Mariah and Ami Soraya. People are complaining about that, and then he had you and Nanai. People complain about that, but nobody really complained about the matches um, Mina and Mariah May were having. And then, Mar- then Mina wins the white belt at Yokohama Arena. Probably, it's that match is probably still in the running for the best stardom match this year. Um, for me, I know I still haven't finished all of all the matches, um, from the Grand Prix, including the final night. Um, because I know people love the Suzu Suzuki Micah match. Um, even though people were rooting for Micah. Um, but Mina versus Saya, that was, I, I still, I've, I've gone back and watched that match over at least three times and it's, it still holds up. I think that's the, probably the best match of the show. Um, I've I thought that Julian Tam was, but now I'm kind of flipped on it. And um even the match 
even the match against Tam for the for the double title. Uh, it's a good match. It's just I think Stardom lost their way once once she dropped the belt there. Um, but yeah, like for Mina to be fifty one and to have right. um so many people like Jade like Jade and Charlotte <laughs> and and even Jamie Hader who's out for half the year, Chris Statlander. Um yo, Mina only only missed like a month of month of time, month of action. Uh, just so frustrating. It I just I can't believe this. Right. Yeah, and you look at again, you look at the write up and the write up doesn't talk about anything that that she really did over the course of the year. Like I mean, when they have the like, you know, all of them have their little like standout thing that they say, like that hers is home promotion stardom. Like what the what the fuck? Like you really are not even really even like getting into anything that has to do with this person for real, let alone like breaking into her career in the year. Um, Soraya, another one who like had maybe five matches. What the fuck is she even doing on the list? Let alone like right below Mina Shirakawa, one of the best wrestlers in the world this past year. It's just it's fucking incredible. Stephanie Vaker, one of the like you know a luchador who I actually like, so I shout out for her if I'm, even if I'm not a huge fan of hers. Um, and then Shayna, <laughs> Shayna Baszler at 58 here with Ronda in the 20s. And we talked about that Ronda's case is made off of a year of primarily tag team matches where she's tagging with Shayna. What the fuck are you talking about here? Like, really, what the fuck? What is the game? How are you going to be someone in the 20s and then their main tag team partner who most of their matches are, are tagging with is in the 58? Like, again, how does that make any sense? Um, You know, Maki Ito, I guess. I don't know. She's a draw. She's did some goofy matches here and there, but like, re- is there really a lot of substance to Mikey Ito's year to even be in at sixty? Am I crazy when you've got when you've got these uh, the wrestlers who are like right above her at the level that they are? Does Maki Ito should be she be in the same breath as Mina Shirakawa? That seems like fucking blasphemous, really. She punched Matt Cardona in the dick, so yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, that's but, a big uh, thinker. I'll go back oh, to Stephanie Vaker. Um, I told you I've been catching up. Um, the CMLL show, I think it's the Night of Champions, like Noche of Champions. I think that's what it's called, but it's night yeah, of, yeah. basically Night of Champions. Her versus Catalina, um, La Catalina, who's Catalina Garcia used to be in NXT. Um, I think some people would know her. She showed up uh, as a mass luchador on Raw one night randomly with Sankara. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, she's now in CMLL and it's a really, it's a really good match. Um, their title match and, um, Stephanie won. So she's now she's the CMLL. Um, I think when, not the national champion, but the other, other women's champion, but, I would say go out of your way, watch watch that. If you like Stephanie Vikir, go out of your way, watch that match with her and Catalina. Catalina's good too. Um CMLL, they're um silently they're investing a lot into women's wrestling. I know the um the Arena Puebla shows and especially the the, the Guadalajara shows. Um there's there's some they're they're about to do some I just read it on an update on Cubs fans blog. Um, they're about to do some all women's shows, um, which is kind of rare because, you know, women's wrestling used to be banned in Mexico um, or, or banned in Mexico city. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, in Guadalajara, they're, they're doing all women's shows. And um, 
I started checking out some of them, and they they put on at least two or three women's matches, mostly tags, but two or three women's matches um, a night um, in terms of the Guadalajara shows, and um, sometimes two matches, two women's matches a night at the Rita Mexico shows during the in the middle of the week, um, which is kind of surprising. And they're just they're trying to build up um, a lot of their women. There's women's division. They call it, I think they call them Amaz- Amazonas. Um, but there's one, one in particular, um, Andromeda. Uh, have you seen like gifts of her? Um, yes, 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 yeah. Uh, she was in. She was in AAA for like a cup of coffee um, earlier this year, like in during the summer. But she's doing. Dragon Ranas and Tornillos and yeah. 450 Splashes. I mean, she's really, really green, though. Like, if you sit and watch, like, actual match, like, I've started to look, like, she's really, really green, and I think um, maybe a Stardom tour. Like, if Stardom picked her up, I think it would be a perfect landing spot for her because she would learn how to, like, actually work. Like, um, like in, in ring, she's kind of she's, she's rough, um, but not, like, not bad, not really bad, but um, she needs a lot of she not a lot of work, but she needs work in the ring. I guess that's what they're doing with in CMLL, just getting her ring time. Um, she's yeah. not like sky blue, like she's not that bad, like <laughs> bad or or that boring or anything like that. But um, she just needs work, like you know, you know, on control segments and all that stuff, and 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 things of that nature. But I think. Um, I think they're going to pu- push her really, really big um, once she gets a lot of reps. And um, I wouldn't be surprised in like may- in maybe two years, three years, she might be headlining Arena Mexico shows. <laughs> like okay. she's really, like she's yeah. really, really that good. Like it, people are just like it, you already see it online. People go bonkers over her gifts and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. no, that's primarily what I've seen. You know, and and. I definitely that's a positive about CMLL is that they definitely will always just get behind whatever if it's getting over. They're not necessarily super, you know, it's that businessman thing where like it, it it's bad in some ways, but it's good in other ways where they, they really will not like hold someone back for like whatever reason, especially like, oh, it's a woman or they're too small, whatever weird thing like that. Like, no, nah, if you get over, they'll 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 push you and they'll present you strong. So that's that's a positive there. Um, So, yeah, Um if you're gonna if you're gonna have like we're talking about like need to have impact wrestlers in the top 10 or whatever like giselle shaw at 63 i mean i don't know like to me better wrestler had the title had the tag titles like could have could have been your we need to get an impact person in the top 10 but instead she drops down to the 60s where it just doesn't make sense she's underneath delmi expo who barely is a wrestler you know what i mean like honestly you know like and then ava everett is one where oh go ahead is Delmi the one that looks like um was what is the the actress? Uh the actress from uh, Euphoria. Um Oh uh yeah Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah. Is that her? Is that Delmi or her sister? I don't know who her sister is. Um but, Delmi uh... Delmi was a tag team with her sister. Okay, uh, I didn't know that they were sisters. Actually, I thought that the C Star's name was just like a, a, a gimmick. Okay, 
Um, I would say probably that her sister looks more, would be the one who looks more like Zendaya. Her sister is uh, Ashley Vox. Okay, um, yeah, that's okay. yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, yep. Delmi is the the taller one, um, and has barely wrestled in the time period that we're judging here. And weird, it's weird to have her above Giselle. Um, Ava Everett's another one where it's like, okay, if you're gonna have her on the list, she shouldn't be this low. Um, in the time period that you're talking about, she wrestled all over the world, including winning the WXW Women's Title, which I don't know. You could say is like. I mean, it's in, when it comes to indie wrestling women's titles, is probably like in the top three, top two. So she had it. She defended it all over America. She, you know, took the title around the world, all that, and like primarily winning matches. Again, when you talk about kayfabe status, so again, I'm not, I'm not really even trying to make a case to say Ava Everett should be higher on the list, but I'm just saying like based on their rubric, and if you're gonna have her on the list, you should have her higher. But I don't know if you have any other thoughts here. You can continue to move forward. Um, Fever Van. I saw her randomly on a Triple A yeah. show. Not good. <laughs> no, I've seen her randomly live too many times. I've been like just at a wrestling show, and then she shows up and has a match that was not announced, and it's not very good. Yeah. Uh, okay, I thought I thought I was like no. uh, sixty eight is pretty like she is not, way too high. Six. <laughs> I mean, when we're now. Yeah, now we're getting it. Now we're getting into the sixties and the seventies here, and I'm like, this is two hundred and fifty, and I can't even fucking do this, man. I mean, I don't know. We haven't. You want to just like kind of pop through this? I'm just like, what are we even doing? I, I apologize. How you, how you have? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. How do you have Viva Van at sixty eight, and then Micah, Micah, Micah at, at seventy one or seventy one? Yeah, seventy one. This is like insanity. Yeah. Me Watanabe at seventy eight. Like I've I've begged on on Twitter that. Um, TJPW should run with her. Like she's, she yeah. should be like the star of the promotion. Like that, I think her would lead. You know, she does. She does the concerts before the show. Like I think oh, yeah. with her, she she would lead the promotion to a much better financial situation that they are in right now. Right. Um, I mean, God, this whole this whole section is depressing. The fucking Starlight Kid at seventy six, especially when you compare it to like we're just you're just talking about right before in the sixties with with Viva Van, Delmi Expo, Alisa Inc., who's like fine but shouldn't be here. Stephanie Delander, like Cora Jade, and then you look at just the next page. You got Micah, Mia Watanabe, Ruby Soho, which you know whatever you're. Your mileage may vary depending on people's opinion, but better wrestler than all of those. And Starlight Kid, who should be in the top 20 at least. Jesus, yeah. Max the Impaler. If you're going to have Max on the list, this is fucking incredible. Lady Frost, what are you talking about? Like, just in-ring quality so much better than the rest. And when you're talking about people who have done nothing in the year, you're really starting to break down in-ring quality. And it's like, okay, like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? But Starlight Kid, tell me that's not an atrocity at 76. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, she was top ten last year, um, right. which is kind of weird now. And she held the tag titles, um, even though this new, it's the new blood show, which is kind of like your like Ricky, Ricky show. Like it's still, it, it, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't fucking really get, don't it. get it. Really don't get it. Um, I mean, maybe we can get through the one hundred and just fucking call it a night because this is getting depressing, right? Riho at eighty <laughs> six. I mean, okay, I guess Riho didn't wrestle that much. Yeah, argue, but below Seth and Mach Martina, come on, 
yeah. Rina Yamashita. I mean, I saw Rina. Like, she's another one of these special wrestlers in the building. It's insane. Whatever. But I mean, GCW, the, GCW fans love her. From what GCW I, I ultraviolet champion wins the tournament of survival, I believe. Um, matches all over the place. Like, are you kidding me? Like, 74 again be, behind the people that we've talked about. Sky Blue, there's your there's your girl Sky Blue at, at 89, <laughs> right above Killer Kelly. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> like, what are we? <laughs> Sorry, oh, Anu. Better than half the people we've talked about at this point. Um, yeah, like. All right. Shaz right, McKenzie oh. at 88. 88. That's perfect spot for her, right? Um, We're Nats, Nats Poise at 141. Yeah, uh, this is, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. Mariah May. Really, 90, Mariah, Mariah May, 95. But Shaz McKenzie. Yeah. Below Shaz McKenzie. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm in above, above me. Above me. Among, like, yeah, they yeah. just. Because look at this. Look at this list. Like, 93 Dalis, um, because I know she jumped to AAA from CMLL, but sure. Dalis is, she's getting old, man. Like, she's not, <laughs> not, she's, yeah, I don't. I'm a huge fan of Millie McKenzie and have been since the beginning, but like, oh, at 94, yeah. doesn't make sense for someone who's had a handful of matches, you know? I mean, really, like, well, she's not wrestled a ton. Well, um, well, you haven't seen the Sunday Girl stuff, right? That's true. That's true. Well, I saw some. Okay. She definitely had some good matches there, but really, I mean, how much has she wrestled? That's how true. How much of that yeah. is PWI talking about, too? Like, I don't know. You know, I'm below Mar- or above Mariah May? I don't know about that. Like, really? Yeah, because Mariah May's had, like, she's already got, like, 90-something matches, Mariah May, already. Right. And she's right. and she's already left stardom, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, have you seen oh. the picture online of her? Um, she took a selfie, and there's there in in the in the mirror selfie. There's like this um, picture of Mako Satamora, like in this like almost like in this cross. Have you seen no. that? No, uh, no. Oh, I have to send you it. It's uh. it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it looks it, it looks like, like yeah, it looks like. It looks like Mako Sadmore is Mariah May's uh, Lord and Savior, like, which <laughs> makes me wonder, like, is she going to the NXT yeah. Europe? Right. Like, that would be that would be what would make sense, right? Yeah. Let me see. I mean, that doesn't really exist anymore. Or I guess, yeah, they might bring back the Europe or whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, All right. Yeah. I just sent it to you, so. De- what is this? Debbie Cattell? Debbie Cattell at 110. Again, this is another one where I don't know how much she's even wrestled in the time period that we're talking about. I mean, this is someone from like, you know, the European Indies who's barely done anything to get in the one. T- I mean, I guess now we're in the 100s, whatever, but still like, oh, man. Yeah, that is. Oh, it's it's like the 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 women's symbol. Yeah, it's the the female symbol with with Mako in the symbol. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, and that like, did she is that put up on purpose or is that just always there? I don't know. Like, yeah, it's that's yeah, pretty I good. Was... That's. <laughs> I hope I that taking... that's just always there. Yeah, I was like taken aback by it. I was like, huh, okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> again. That's pretty good. Um, uh, I dig that. Uh, oh, this is new too. Okay, wow. I thought I thought maybe this was an older picture. 
Um, yeah, Julia Hart, 105. I don't know. I mean, how much did she really wrestle? But still feels like she's better than a lot of the people we're talking about here. Anna um, Jay at 111, fine. What, what do you got? Because uh, we're recording through during Dynamite. Has some breaking news. Oh, okay. uh, oh, oh, shit. Chris Statlander is defending the TBS title for Battle of the Belts on Saturday against Willow Nightingale. Okay, perfect. Willow can win the title and then maybe earn her spot on this list. Anyways, Jay, <laughs> um, I don't. I'm. I feel like I'm tapped out. Do you want to keep continuing on with any more of this? No. Oh, Liza no, Hall, win one twenty five. Good for her. Deserves better, but whatever. The other yeah, Rio this... at one twenty six. Yeah, Takumi Rohawk. Oh, come on. Oh, again. What the come... fuck are we doing? Yeah, let's let's. <sighs> Yeah, let's pack this up. This is <laughs> uh, this is fucking frustrating. This is really frustrating. Blair Davenport. Okay, whatever. One thirty. Fine. Sure. I guess yeah, she just yeah. recently returned. Like, what are you talking about there? Just yeah, Troy. That's that's a like you know she sent them an, a DM and that's why she made it on the list. Not to say that I dislike her because I actually am higher on her than most people who even know who she is. But that's the point. Who even knows who he is? And that's the point. At one forty three. That's where we're gonna have to end it. What the fuck? Okay. That's that's fucking embarrassing. That is like just how how she was a tag champion last yes. year. Like I, I don't fucking get it. I'm just like okay. Let me maybe 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 let me look at like the time period. Okay, maybe maybe it's outside of the range of the judging, right? But no, no I mean she... the the Meltier reign is within the time period. You've got the Triangle Derby. You've got the Five Star Grand Prix, where she had tons of great matches throughout. Um, yeah, this is. And how is Tam in the top ten, and Natsupoi is in the fucking one fifty range? Really, that just. What are? I don't know. I guess Jay, this is our fault. Um, for even talking <laughs> about this again. Laura DiMatteo, does she even wrestle? Does she wrestle anymore? Jesus. Anyways, Natsupoy, that's it. We're done. I'm fucking pissed. Thecla at 155. Are you again another one? Are, I mean, deserves better. To, even if you know, whatever, take it or leave it. Your opinion on her? I mean, come on, 155 compared to the scrubs that we've been talking. Layla Gray is above her. What? Layla Gray? I don't even. I didn't even know she was a wrestler. I thought she was a non. She was like a just a, a like a, a, a what do they call it like a part of the entourage. She's just a baddie. I didn't know she was a wrestler. Like I guess they value I guess they value the OVW. <laughs> have you yeah, the OVW Women's Championship really did have it? Have you yeah. did you watch uh, wrestlers? No, I haven't watched any of it. Oh, I I would say you dig it. But yeah, I I recommend it. Um, okay, like it's not. Um, because you know, I, I, I don't. Maybe I've said this on the air or not, but I really despise Dark Side of the Ring. Sure. Like it's, it's, it's just not for me. But I liked um, Dave, Damian Abraham's um, the wrestlers on Vice. Yeah, yeah. I liked that series. Um, I thought that was really, really good. Um, and I started watching some of the Monster Factory, um, series on Apple. Uh, I know it got canceled. So uh, not a lot of people were watching it, but it was it was decent. But um, wrestlers one on Netflix. It's it's a it's not bad. Like it's it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good series. It's comparable to the wrestlers doc from 
um, Damian Abraham, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was kind of surprised because um, Layla Gray's in it, but she's not focused that much. Huh. And she's the one that got the contract with OV with the AEW, which is yeah, yeah. So it's kind of huh. it's kind of interesting. That is like, weird. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, it was just kind of interesting that they didn't focus on her when she got the contract, whereas they focus on Hollywood Haley J. Um, right. Who is who's a, she's a character? Like she's a real character i think she's gonna end up in wwe eventually i know she has epilepsy right. um so that's probably why she, she oh, go ahead that's probably why she not got cleared to right. go get in wwe but you're gonna say something that's what i was gonna say i think she she just got bounced from a tryout right but i think that was probably a health thing so it probably had to do with exactly what you just said which is the the epilepsy thing which i didn't know the details i just knew that she got bounced from a tryout yeah um, but yeah, so if you watch it. if you watch the show, she does smoke weed to help her epilepsy. Oh, oh, so, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot worse things than that. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Jay. Well, <laughs> I think I think we both pissed. I I think I pissed us both off enough with this. Um, we're gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call it there. Uh, do you have anything else you want to uh <laughs> to talk about before we head out? Um, Observer Award season, Observer yes. Hall of Fame season. Um, support the account. Um, it's I guess on X. That's what it's called now. Um, yeah. it's sort of Twitter, whatever. Follow the account. Uh, W O N W O N H O F Tracker. W O N H O F Tracker. Um, if you want, we are the the public ballot is live right now. Um, we only got a couple of votes because um, the ballots were sent maybe a week and a half ago. So um, they're not due. Ballots are not due until November fourth, I would say. I think I think it's November fourth or yeah. November first. Um, not not sure. Um, but yeah, if you're a Hall of Fame voter, um, send us your ballot if you want to. If you don't want it public, but still want to contribute, you could. We can make you anonymous. You know, we just got an anonymous, anonymous ballot um, today. So um, yeah. after this call, I'm gonna start working on that tonight. <laughs> so um, getting a, other ballots. But yeah, uh, if you want to contribute, but don't want to put your name on it, and we totally understand because of the nature of social media, and everybody wants to. You know, do whatever, and and you know, social media is kind of accessible. Whatever, it's fine. Sure. But um, but yeah, um, W O W O N H O F tracker. Um, last year we had seventy four ballots. Um, which I was kind of really proud of. We've improved year over year. Um, when we first started, we got I'd say around twenty ballots or something like that. Now we're up to seventy four. This is our fourth year now collecting ballots. So hopefully we'll get. Over a hundred. That's that's the goal. Yes. But um, I'll be happy if we get or get seventy five. You know, anything over seventy five is is, is an is an improvement. You know, last year we were, <laughs> it was looking shaky, but then we just had a a ton of people reveal their ballots and people emailing us. And if you want to email us, it's it's uh, at, at same thing w o n h o f tracker at gmail dot com. 
Again, that's wonhoftracker at gmail.com. If you want to email us your uh, observer Hall of Fame ballot, and it's a it's a stacked ballot. Um, you know, we talked about before Roman Reigns is on the ballot. Um, CM Punk, you know, he's always a topic of discussion. Um, <laughs> um, you know, CM, yeah, yeah. Becky Lynch, she's on the ballot. The Young Bucks, oh my God, the Young Bucks. And you've, Tim, you've watched them for years, so right. Um, I've watched most of their career. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, the Briscoes, you know, and J. Mark Briscoe. You know, both Briscoe brothers. Um yeah. the Bris you know, the old Briscoe brothers and the modern Briscoe brothers are, are on the ballot. One in historical ones in modern US. Um the beauty pair. The beauty pair is on for Japan. Um Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um you know, Jackie Sato and Maki Ueda. Uh Maki Ueda is not in the Hall of Fame. Jackie Sato is. Um, people were wondering why she's in the Hall of Fame, but not Maki Ueda. It's just because Maki Ueda's um, career was really short-lived, where Jackie, she she had a short-ish run, but then came back when JWP came back. So that's why, you know, she got in. You know, she has a longer, she yeah. has a longer career. So that's that. And Jackie was also a, um, a one of the initial inductees with no voting. So it right. speak to that as well. So it is kind of like, okay. I mean, not to say she doesn't deserve it. Actually, both the beauty pair as a team deserves it, but yeah. 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 So she, she was not voted in. Yeah. Um, um the Didamitas, yeah. they're in, they're okay. in on the ballot. And I'm just running off um sure. just <laughs> <laughs> random people on the ballot. Um Blue Panther. Blue Panther is on the ballot too. Um he was not on the ballot before. Now he's back on the ballot. John Moxley's on the ballot. Seth Rollins is on the ballot. Uh, yeah. Um, JYD, always on the ballot. Sergeant Slaughter, Paul Orndorff. Um, the Von Erics, because the Iron Claw uh, movie that's coming out. You know, I, Is that something you guys going to talk about um, later in the year? Yeah. Are you the guys going to watch yeah, the movie. Yeah, because... uh, I'll probably plan to. I'll I'll think about it. Yeah, I know should, we have... probably should. Yeah, I know in the Slack, a lot of people are are in the film cult, film criticism culture now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe you could talk to Joseph uh, about it. Um, yeah, that'll be a discussion. If I, I, like, I saw the trailer for it. It looks really good, even though I'm that story. You know, the story is super sad and it's to release it on around christmas time that's that's a ballsy move but that's that's 824 so um yeah so i mean i think it kind of makes sense though and you know like as much as it's weird people get depressed during you know the, the holidays and they actually like people who are depressed usually like a sad movie so i can that's definitely true. see it yeah, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. just I don't like going to. Sad. I've the older I've gotten, the less I've liked going to sad move, like seeing sad movies in the theaters. So, and especially with this one, I know that. Yeah, I know this. I know the whole story. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't blame you. I probably, you know, I probably won't go see it in the theater. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from. Yeah. So. So that's that uh, Hall of Fame right. season, and yeah. All right, Jay. Well, uh, again, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, we'll uh, get you back here, you know, 
as uh, as the year progresses on maybe we'll have you i don't know we'll see about <laughs> about that movie if you're interested we can have you on for the iron claw i don't know how much you want to talk about it you know uh, you barely even want to see it but um yeah we'll see either way um, yeah and you also have stardom uh suzuki is defending the title in november against no, I said she's defending the title. She's challenging for the title against yeah. Tam Nakano at uh, Gold Rush in, in November. Um, I think she's going to win it, but um, I think so too. we'll we'll see. <laughs> um, and then you have Stardom. They're running um, Sumo Hall again in December for year on Climax. Yeah. So. Uh, well, either way, again, thank you so much, Jay, and we'll... Uh... Well, uh, okay, guess check out the podcast network WDKPNW um, on SoundCloud. Follow the podcast at QNTR. Um, follow me on Twitter at ROH Dutch. Follow J at is it? It's the JML underscore on Twitter X, whatever. Follow him on uh, the JML uh, on Blue Sky as well. And uh, again, thank you all for listening. Who's the guy? I'm the guy. 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 I think I do alright. Living on his life. I just took a hike. I feel like my wife. I feel like some ice. There it is. All right, we are back, and uh, this week we are. I don't know, Bati Boys, Bati Bati Boys. I feel like we've done that one before. I don't got anything. I think I already did a uh, intro for this episode, actually. And Joseph doesn't yeah. even know that special double part episode. Boom, boom, boom. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, <laughs> back and back. Yeah, back to back. JM and JM. Um, joined for part two by Joseph Monticilio. Joseph. How are we doing tonight? I'm great. I'm excited to talk about the show of the year, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes, there it is, Marty. I saw you say Scorsese. I said, are you talking about Marty? My friend Marty? Who's Scorsese? We, I don't, we don't talk about Scorsese. No, no, you're talking about Marty. Um, <laughs> I brought you on here so that we could uh, talk about the wrestler uh observer newsletter hall of fame ballot specifically so that we can call case low some bad names for his opinion on the japanese uh <laughs> inductees are you ready for this um oh absolutely that's my wheelhouse is wrestling yeah. observer newsletter hall newsletter. of fame yeah <laughs> everyone uh, it's so funny how much i don't care about it but then i hear someone making bad takes about it and i get pissed off and i just have to remember i don't <laughs> care i was like I got offered a ballot and was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just like, why do I, why do I act like this matters? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, like, I, I get that feeling whenever I see like a silly Dave star rating, you know? Sure. Like in my heart, I know it doesn't matter, but I'm all, I'm also just like, what, what, why are you doing this? My guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's just, how can it be so wrong? Um, I know. <laughs> How could how could you do something and then make it so wrong? Um, what was the movie you're talking about? It's under Haunted Flower Moon. Is that what it was? That sounds Killers. like Killers. Killers of the uh, Flower Moon. I say that sounds like a Wes Anderson movie, but I guess the Killers makes it uh, makes it less so. Um, it is brutal and heartbreaking. Okay. 
It's okay. incredibly sad because uh, it's based on a true story. Um, and I'm also okay. currently reading the book that it was adapted from. So ah, all right. So you're engrossed. Uh, yeah, I'm in it, man. Um, okay. No spoilers. Like this should be obvious for anyone who's seen like the press material. White people, not good. <laughs> no, not so good. I'm against it personally. Yeah, if I'm gonna take a hard stance, I'm gonna say we they messed up when they made Doctor Yakub really fucked up when he made white people. Um, yep. <laughs> so yeah, we are actually here to talk about what we was it the okay the it's got to be bad translation. I hope it's not, but we are fighting detectives. Is I, the... I don't think it is a bad translation at all. I think that is <laughs> well, I mean, it's the good. proper name. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's they a reference to, to called... Battle Arts. Oh, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It Because Battle Arts was the fighting investigation team. Yes, that's true. So okay, yeah. You okay, would be fighting okay. detectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that does make sense now that I think about it. Um, Now, also, that could have been a bad translation, though. But nah, that maybe is not. True. Maybe not. Maybe not. Or... You know what? It's not that it's a bad translation, but it's the it's that thing where like it's lost in translation. Like the yeah, word something like something that. Different. Yeah. Um, I saw someone doing like some version of that with like a German and they were doing like you and they were just saying the different way, like thousands of different ways of saying the word you like, you know, when you're talking about a separate person. Um, mm-hmm. I guess what is it? The singular, the singular. I don't even know. I'm, I'm not good at this. Um, yeah, those Germanic and- languages are weird about that. Yeah, and how like English only has one, so it's like yeah, they could have like there's different versions of that word that don't sound as uh as official, you know, in another language. Um, either way, we are talking about like I don't again, what is it like? It's like BT or or is it TK Bon or something? There's a lot of different. Katie names. Dan. Katie Dan. Yeah. People were uh ask. Everyone was asking where they could watch it for like the first. I don't know. 24 hours after the match happened um, and there was getting some buzz people on other podcasts were claiming to be the only people who were going to talk about it. Uh, That is absolutely wrong. You can imagine how infuriated I was when I heard that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're the only podcast who ever talks about stuff like that. My ass you are motherfucker. Um, But uh, either way, opening up, (laughs) uh, opening up insanely hot. uh, Yu Isaka taking on Hideki Suzuki. Um, do, okay, where do you come down on the current state of Suzuki and Timothy Thatcher? Because I don't know how I feel that both of them are turning into these scraggly guys with the, with the, the long, weird looking hair. Um, and they seem to be doing it at the same time. I wonder who's the bad influence on who. Um, <laughs> I don't I like hate it. it. Go ahead. I like it better on Thatcher, to be fair. Okay. Yeah, on on uh, Suzuki, it's kind of off-putting. It's weird to see him with his hair like this. It just is not. Yeah, I don't fit. love the hair on Suzuki, but the new tights are kind of sick. The new tights are sick, and this he, and he was honestly better here than I would even say that I thought he's been in a while. Really, I mean, Joe, what did you think about? I'm sorry, I know you don't like being called Joe. Joseph, what did you think about uh, about this match here? Because I thought Suzuki kicked ass. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Like I just. I haven't seen too much of Itzka since I stopped watching Glate or since Glate stopped booking him well or whatever the situation is. Um, I just like them getting this time. It's like a nice little 
just just a nice appetizer for what they're going for on this show. A lot of neat grappling and stuff. Um, I'm not the most well versed about like amateur techniques and shoot style and all that. So you're gonna get a lot of vague terms from me while we're talking about sure. this show. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was it was a a perfectly good opening match for someone who is more amateur in that because, like I said, Suzuki part of what made him better here than he has been in other times is he was a lot more brute force, even down to the finish, just being a straight up like dominant position knockout raining down elbows um to the side of the head i thought really easy to digest simple to understand you're not missing out much if you don't know a ton about like you were talking about your background knowledge on uh, on shoot style or any of that stuff now you're just this is easy to get and this is where a lot of the conversation that's been coming across the past couple days in regards to this, in regards to shoot style in general, and like, oh, the shoot style dorks and how fucking, uh, you know, that they come across like they think they're better than you, this and that. Like, no, man, like, <laughs> us shoot style dorks, this is what we like. <laughs> and what we like is shit that just looks like guys beating the piss out of each other. And I Absolutely. don't think that that's like... <laughs> I don't think I'm being an elitist by saying that that's what I'm looking for. I'm not saying I'm smarter. Than, in some ways, I'm saying I'm dumber than you. I just want to see guys <laughs> beat each other up. I don't want to see fucking Roman Reigns telling a story. And I don't want to have to figure out how how did this guy do these flips? No, no, no. I want to see the most basic makes sense. The guy just punches the guy in the fucking mouth, right? Am I crazy? No, that I've never heard it put it that way, but that sounds about right. You know, like there's a certain immediacy to this kind of shoot style where it's like, right. it's just so plain and obvious. Um, it, it does lack artifice. And I guess in that way, it is kind of dumber in its own way. Um, right. Yeah, I, I'm. that's a really funny way to put it. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you can argue, and like, obviously, I'm putting it in crass terms, but I mean, the argument would be that, and again, this is why it's even worse to call it dumber, is to say that it's more um, of just like naturalistic, it's more primitive, it's more just the, the basis of human understanding, the basis of really any creature's understanding is combat, right? Mm -hmm. Physical interaction of any kind does not take, <laughs> you know, any deeper understanding. And that's where, again, like I said, calling it dumb, you know, again, overlooks different kinds of... Uh, different types of intelligence, you know, and we've talked, we've talked about that a ton on this podcast in general, when it comes to a lot of different things. Um, so yeah, like it just takes basic intelligence that most uh, people I think can understand just by watching it, follow that up with something that maybe is a little bit, uh, takes a little bit more, um, understanding, um, Ikuda Hidaka, um, Tanamashi Toba taking on, um, Sato, I, Hikaru Sato, I, always just think of him as Sato and I was like oh I don't know if I know how to say his name and brother Yasi um this fucking ruled <laughs> brother Yasi kicked so much ass in this setting like again it felt like coming into it I was just kind of like that's so funny and goofy that the astronauts book him in this but it speaks to like that this is not I mean just like battle arts was and people I think again don't understand it people who don't understand it they just get this this idea that they're being gatekept and oh it's you know it's trying to do this other thing battle arts had tons of this of a guy like yasi a guy who's just entertaining who's yeah fucking kind of doesn't fit but does some wild ass shit and is willing to like get the shit punched out of him it's crazy because this match literally has something that they repeat in the main event with a torpedo moscow style uh headbutt 
sequence yep. as like a finishing knockout, but they do it on earlier on in here with Yasi. Like this just kicks so much ass. Um, Brother Yasi taking big ass knockout punches repeatedly was just so cool. Like, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this. And and again, speaks to the way that these styles can be like people who don't are not really into it can have one opinion. Oh, it's dry. It's blah, blah, blah. It's whatever. But like, then you get a guy like this who's in here and you would think, oh, he doesn't make any sense. This is a freak situation. He makes perfect sense. But uh, yeah, what did you think of, uh, of the tag here, Joseph? No, yeah, I thought it was actually kind of better than the opener, but uh, I, I do always sort of prefer the tag format. I just love tag wrestling as a genre. And I thought they used it well here. Like, um, Yashi, he surprised me, honestly. I, I didn't know much. I didn't know anything about him coming into this. And um, I just liked seeing him have to scrap it out. You know, there was a, there's like a point in the match where a, a switch just kind of flips and he's in these deep waters and he has to start kind of whipping ass. And it's, it's great. Uh, this is a really good tag match. I probably wouldn't say it was like, uh, I don't think it hit great level for me, but it was very good. And I thought it was yeah. um, even better than the opener. Yeah, that's I, I would agree. And it's uh, I, I yeah, I would say I'm, I'm with you on the rating and everything. Um, follow that up. And then this could be a maybe a, a place where we divert here. Um, Super Tiger versus uh, Kete Yano. Um, Joseph, what did you think about this one here? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't in love with it. I still thought it was good. It was still pretty like neat and everything. Everything still looked crisp, but I found it a little uh drier compared to everything else that came before uh i don't really know what i was expecting from it i know a lot of people are big fans of Yano especially uh, and i've only really dipped my toes in here and there um but yeah this didn't really blow me away or anything if i had to pick like uh a match i was least excited by on the entire card it was probably this uh, i just didn't get too much from it but i didn't think it was bad at all yeah, and that's why I say maybe we would differ a little because I, I I assumed it's very possible that you would not enjoy this as much as I did. Um, and I felt like the the show was really progressing naturally in a way where things were getting better and better. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that Yano showing his personality throughout um, and you talked about being dry and I definitely get that. But he just, you know, <laughs> having the Joker makeup and the whole vibe that he has doing the laying in the corner stuff, being just a little bit more of a wild card while also insanely technically proficient i thought played well and then having super tiger basically come back and do you know it's a vaunted thing in the in the shoot style setting and it's definitely if you don't if you don't like this trope you really will not like shoot style and that is kind of i guess a problem that i can understand more than being like oh it's elitist or whatever is the like the old man the person who's got the legitimate record, the person who's got the aura and all of that is just going to be able to flip a switch and just has something to them, some kind of technique, some kind of hidden gear, hidden power, whatever. And that's what Super Tiger does here um, after yeah, Yano kind of coming across like outperforming in a lot of ways, but maybe overly cocky. And like I said, being a bit of a wild card, um, Super Tiger is able to weather the storm and then pretty quickly put him away with just kind of pulling out some tricks from his back pocket, primarily in the form of some like, you know, pretty decent looking martial arts style high kicks to the head repeatedly that are able to put Yano down. And that's where I that's where I say, like, if you're not into the trope of like old man gunslinger is just able to like kick this special hidden power, 
um, then that's where the shoot style I can definitely see turns people off because it's why people don't like a lot of it. They're like, oh, some old man just comes up and pulls faces and then the guys bump around him. And it's like, ah, eh, you know, that's that's what like martial arts has been for fucking decades and decades. Like how much of that? <laughs> how, many, how many of those martial arts demonstrations have you seen where some old man sits in a chair and he throws a guy with a wrist lock and the guy flies halfway across the room? Right. Like there mm-hmm. is there's a kayfabe to it. That's just natural. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my takeaway there on that one. Um, follow that up with a uh, a big, beefy, badass tag team match. Um, we've got. Uh, it's kind of a battle arts. It's the callback. It's the match that's been kind of touring for the past couple of years with uh, Akeda and uh, Ishikawa. And they're 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 tag team partners. They're dancing partners for the match uh, with Minoru Fujita and, uh, and Daisuke Sakamoto here. Um, I, I thought that this was, um, not bad, but definitely toned down. Um, the stuff that the battle arts guys, Ikeda and Ishikawa did in WXW a couple years back, kind of set a really high bar and you get some flashes of that in here, but it's just not quite at that same level. Um, in a weird way, the star of the match to me was Fujita, um, just because, I've gotten so used to damnation DDT Fujita just kind of being there um, and almost being a joke that I forgot that, you know, he can turn it up and do do this kind of do a match in this setting. Um, and, you know, Sakimoto is Sakimoto at this point, not to say that he's like broken down, but this was honestly a really good se- setting for him um, because he did not have to. He doesn't have to really live up like that's the good thing about shoot style in a lot of ways. And when I talk about the old man thing, like you can kind of get away with a little bit less um, and it makes sense in the setting because of the way everything's been built up and positioned. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, Joseph, what did you what were your kind of thoughts on the tag here? I agree that it's not on the level as the uh, ambition match that they did in 2020, but I loved this. Uh, just for context, when the show was streaming live, A, I didn't know it was streaming on that day, and B, I didn't know it was going to stream on Wrestle Universe. Um, sure. um, but yeah, I found out as the show was going on, and I was able to tune in literally as the intermission ended, and this was the first match back. And yeah, I just loved this. Um, I have to shout out here... Uh, fellow YouTuber Andos, who recently did a video about the Ishikawa-Ikeda matches, and I thought that really added a lot to my anticipation for this match and the hype of seeing them lock it up again. Um, I thought this was great. Genuinely, like, one of the best matches of the year. Maybe not, like, upper-upper reaches, but in the conversation, like, when Ishikawa and Ikeda touch, it's still magical to me, you know? And... They're not hitting as hard as they used to. Uh, It's not as clean as it maybe used to be. But again, it's a tag match, so they're able to do other stuff. Like, I loved uh, Fujita being like this uh, nuisance gnat, just kind of like disrupting the pairing that we all want. And I loved Sakamoto coming in and basically having to try and neutralize him in the end so that we could get a... Um, a clear finish to the Ishikawa Ikeda interactions. Um, they're still throwing a few of those really just heater punches to the head, and I think there's a couple gnarly headbutts in there. Uh, I thought this was great. Yeah, and and I didn't 
I did not even touch on that. And I felt like I, I set the table too and then and forgot to, you know, eat dinner, I guess. Um, which was that like, yeah, there when they interacted and there were some flashes of the striking and the stuff that you talk about there that was definitely special and still at that level. It was just kind of the the in-between that was not, you know, the same as in the past, as you mentioned there too. And again, even just comparing it to a couple of years ago, the WXW compared is like pales in comparison to their their long rival like long storied rivalry against each other that's been going on for decades at this point um let alone you know just even recently but yeah when they when they had that and there did definitely Ishikawa continuing to kind of show off being the more of the the savant when it comes to the holds he'll grab an ankle he'll pick a toe he'll grab an arm he'll lock something yeah. in while while Akeda just fucking goads him into trading trading those big strikes and these two just get that dynamic between each other so well and execute mm-hmm. it perfectly every time um a weird comparison point would be like the recent the recent Zach and um and Osprey match where those two kind of have seemingly figured that out over the years of wrestling each other um where they are able to have kind of the the, the balance of the the dynamic between them that they kind of execute perfectly to where people are losing their mind over this recent match that they had. Um, meanwhile, you got these guys here, I think are doing it just as good, if not better, how many years later. Um, main event, the reason why we're all here, the thing that everyone just keeps talking about, the astronauts explode, but not really because this is just what it means to be a, a Bati boy, to be a battle arts <laughs> fighting investigator. Um, is that you don't care if it's your brother and your tag team partner, you're here to beat the piss out of each other. Fuminori Abe taking on a Takiwa Nomura. What did you think here? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure a bunch of people who listen to this podcast have seen it already. Um, it's the match of the year. Uh, I don't see anything topping it. It is currently my match of the decade it is just astonishing like it's it's everything good about the astronauts in like uh, a neat little 20 minute chunk of just beautiful wrestling like it's all there like obviously the stiff striking is there they're headbutting the shit out of each other and it's gross abe gets busted open hard way and you can't tell if it's a headbutt or a punch that did it because they're hitting each other that hard um but also there's like that comedic flair at the start like abe can be a little silly when he's wrestling and i can see how that might be annoying to someone who's like a real purist who really wants to see like just the best kind of technique and wrestling but i don't mind the silliness when afterwards he just hits someone in the face incredibly hard like that's a yeah, fair right. trade-off to me you can goof off and then just bust someone's jaw it's amazing um i was just enthralled watching this like i told you i was watching it live and it was just kind of unfolding in this really strong dramatic way where you really get behind Abe playing the more sort of underdog character like I don't think he's ever gotten a win over Nomura before this um in BJW he's still generally treated like a junior and Nomura's already been the strong champion so yeah you're just pulling for the guy in the end and at that finish when he has that leg lock in and he's just wrenching it away for everything he's got and you can see Nomura just slowly realize that it's gonna be over it ah just 
it's a delight. It's beautiful. I I cannot recommend it enough. It's my my favorite match of the decade so far. I uh, I definitely agree with you. Match of the year. Um, I don't know beyond that. Match of the decade. I don't keep my I don't keep my notes as well as I used to. So, but yeah, I just. <laughs> The, the Abe thing and the tongue-in-cheek thing, and I just heard so many people making that their talking point and their takeaway, and I just feel like it's so fucking out of the realm of the conversation to me in any way. And I've I've seen Abe be kind of goofy, um, obviously. I, there was Right, the, in Europe. Yeah, in Europe, in Japan, the Bakagaijin shows. Like I, For sure. I, you know, there was the tweet going around, oh, you a picture of yourself and a picture of your favorite wrestler. And I put a picture of... Uh, of you know Abe wrestling the death worm at the Paka Gaijin show. Um yes. you know, and uh and because I've said it on the podcast in the past, like I don't necessarily know that I say Abe is the best wrestler from year to year or whatever, but he regularly is my favorite wrestler at all times. I get insanely excited to see what he does. Um I think that he's able to do a ton of different stuff. And that's kind of it where like he can be he can be kind of silly and lighthearted and, and whatever. But again, like I don't know. I guess I can see it, but I do, I did not really see much of it here to really, in a way, like to even think of it as like being a jokey thing. It was weird to me that that was such a big takeaway for people. And on top of that, like, even if you do believe that, you then look at Nomura going from that into just being really going at him hard. And one point where you really see the switch flip is in the corner when Nomura yes. throws a big running kick and then he's stomping and it's just nasty, sloppy looking stomps and he's jumping it's up gross. out of the corner and driving the knees down and it's like okay like he's being like no fuck you like let's get serious right and that's where there's no more goofy after that so you can even say that that's part of the story of the match absolutely to say yeah to say it's like it's a negative like no like it's 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 directly in there and then yeah they just the way that they just kill each other like throughout just violent fucking over and over again and you do not need to be a snob or know a bunch of details or any of that shit man Abe, phenomenal fucking seller. Like the way that he goes from throwing big ass PKs, but continuing to register the pain that he's in. And then the finish, the blood, the wrenching, yeah, grabbing onto the hold, the busted open from the fucking headbutts, the diving. I talked about the torpedo, you know, repeated torpedo Moscow style headbutt that happened earlier on the show, but here it's even bigger. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What did you have? Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, you can feel the desperation set in, you know, like there's that moment late in the match where Abe's basically got Nomura, where Nomura's down on the mat and Abe just cannot stop bombing him. Uh, he throws this really nasty low knee right to the head and it, it becomes a matter of survival. Like, yeah, maybe Abe's kind of goofing off with his friend at the start. He's like, waving his hands about just a little bit too much. But, you know, when when the shit hits the fan, it's win. It's win or lose, and that's it. Like, it doesn't matter who's in front of him anymore. He has to go through it. And I don't know. I feel like anyone, literally anyone, could watch this match and just get it. Like, it's, it's all there. <laughs> right. It's what you're looking for when you're looking for you know, simulated combat. And some of this looks very not simulated, right? It's right on the edge. Um, yeah, said, <laughs> like, to say the least. <laughs> and it's crazy because this really does, it speaks to one of these things that I've seen happen a couple times, you know, over the years with tag teams like this um, that you just absolutely adore. Is like the roles of these two 
have really like like just kind of almost disappeared um where in my head i always saw abe as the smaller and namora as much bigger but right. when they kind of are face to face here and this match started like over the years they've just become pure equals like mm. you i just you don't see even the size difference you don't see he talked about like the you know the difference of presentation with namora having been the 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 BJPW strong champion and like also at this point having been the AJPW tag team champions like the stature you think like oh you know he's he's bigger but when the match starts like they're on the same level and in the past I legitimately thought Nomura was like noticeably smaller than right uh, or noticeably larger than Abe but in the beginning of the match I'm like no they're like the same size now they're just like the same and it's fucking crazy like you see that with like uh, violence is forever like they're kind of started to become feeling like they're just like the same size um the uh Aussie Open, like you know, like it used to feel like Kyle Fletcher was the small guy, and now they're just like the same. Um, I said this uh about Monster Mafia. I remember always thinking that Ethan Page was much smaller, but then when he's like started to see them in person, they're like the same size. Like it's just so interesting the way that like that dynamic can change so much, just even though it's like something again that's like you try to argue and just say, like, it's just facts, you know, people are just the size that they are. But um, somehow presentation, aura, vibe, all of that can really be taken into account. And just years of history between the two can like make something like that just disappear. Um, For it's sure. just interesting to see that. Like these guys are just, they're on the same level. And it's very interesting to see that. And I I, I sort of feel like th this sounds <laughs> this sounds like me probably up my own ass. And it probably is. Uh, but there's a, I feel a certain level of like... Uh, ownership doesn't feel like the right word, um, but there is something there to the fact that this was happening in real time. I was watching it in real time. Most of the Western world was still asleep, you know, yeah. or didn't even know this match was happening. And um, I'm not as stingy as the other sickos in the world, <laughs> but I don't give out five stars as often as others. And sure. I did drop the five, and it was something you know. It there was it was a neat experience, seeing people waking up, seeing the rating, and basically being, being like, "What is this match? We didn't even know it was happening. I guess we have to watch <laughs> it now." Yeah, that was that was unique, and I I, I just feel such um, a connection to this match and how it represents so much of what I like about wrestling and yeah it's sort of like my pet uh match for the year and I, I i feel like anything else that has even a chance of topping it is just going to be something clearly set up for it and everyone already will know that it's like going to sure. be a great match yeah you know if they, if like brian zach top this somehow or whatever the fuck it's like yeah obviously sure that's gonna happen that makes total sense but for a lot of people, this probably was something that just came right out of the blue. Um, and I, I really value having been a, been a part, at least in a small way, of like helping introduce that to people who might not have seen it. Yeah, and uh, I have to say that we, uh, <laughs> that we all appreciate that. I definitely appreciated it too, because like I said, I saw a lot of people... Uh 
kind of looking for it and hunting for it. And I'm sure that it was in no small part due to you uh, hyping it and, and others as well who happen to see it, but you know, especially you. Um, and Simon uh, almost say, went four and that's, that's unthinkable. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, you know, I did know that it was coming. I, I was excited for the show as a whole. And then I knew right. like, Oh, I, I was one of the people who knew, oh, it's going to be on Wrestle Universe. I actually did know that before. I guess I didn't know if I knew it was going to be live streaming, but I knew it was going to show up on there. Um, it also wouldn't matter for me because I'm not going to watch it live, right? For sure. Um, so yeah, but but uh, either way, yeah, this is this is the clubhouse leader at the moment for match of the year. I think everybody else has to try to beat it. Um, for me, I think, oh God, coming up to before this had to have been Ricky and uh, and Dragon. Um, that's no, a good answer. I think there are other fair answers too. Yeah, um, but this uh, this might have outdone it. Um, yeah, I just um, I like Ricky Starks. Sure, I think he's great. Um, but I don't think you have a match where both performers are operating right. at such a high level uh, as Nomura Abe in this right. particular encounter. Yeah, you know? Right. It like, speaks to what I was saying, that they're, they're equals. Go ahead. Right. Like, you watch Dragon's Ricky Starks, and Ricky Starks is great, but he's in there with the best ever, you know? Like, you see the gap, and it's not Ricky Starks' fault, but you see the gap. And here, I don't know that there is a gap. No. No, I mean, really, there's not. I mean, there can be your opinion. There can be, again, like I said, there's there's clearly the bookers have their opinion on who they think is higher or whatever, but there's uh there's definitely, I don't think it's, it's noticeable if you're just looking at it for, for quality. Um, so yeah, either way, well, that was a, that was a quick bite, Joseph. Luckily this is a, like I said, this is a two part uh, situation. I don't know if you, if you mind, well, I'll do a quick, you know what I'm going to do? Cause it just crossed my mind. I'm going to do a quick, and it had to do with the finish of this match. Cause you said you don't yeah. know a ton about technique and amateur and all this. I'm going to do a quick, a, uh, um, you know, was oh God, I'm trying to think of what Taz called it. You know, the, his little segment on AEW explaining. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I know what you mean, but yeah. I, I don't know the name either because I did hear someone and I, I truly cannot remember who it was, but they were talking about the pub handle and the pub handle slam and all of that stuff and joking about how stupid and silly it is and all this and who came up with it. Oh, you're making the guy grab in between his dick and blah, 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 and all this. And they're joking. And I do want to say, it's an amateur it's like a legitimate amateur wrestling thing it's not they didn't invent the pub handle slam for wrestling to make it goofy and again it just speaks to like being like just so out of and i don't blame wrestling fans for not knowing about this stuff but like it is just an amateur wrestling thing the pump handle in general it's also a position like people will start out rounds in the match in the down position like that Mm-hmm. Um, specifically like similar not exactly but similar and use like go into a pump handle um, for pump handle pins different like holds like so it's not they didn't just come up with it in wrestling and be like oh it'll be funny to make this guy grab his own dick it's like it's a legitimate amateur <laughs> wrestling thing yeah um, but again it speaks to just people who are so taken aback and so out of the range of even understanding the roots of this and this is why you kids you goddamn kids should be watching your uh, Luthez tapes and not just tweeting about it Oh my uh, god, yes, please do watch <laughs> Luthez matches. The verb match, the Vern yeah. Gagne match. It's astonishing. Do it. Uh but either way, Joseph, feel free if you want to plug uh, your your YouTube or whatever you want. Your co- coffee, big egg, all that, the stuff that I Yeah, I'm subscribe. To. 
Subscribe to Big Egg. Twitter hates Substack, so please subscribe to Big Egg. Uh, it won't push the links, so I will push it here. Uh, we just did Terry Funk Month. That was really fun. Uh, we're oh, yeah, going to wrap nice. up talking about some 2023 highlights. So we've got uh, Mad Dog versus Manders coming up. And we also have uh, Priest versus Makabe coming up. And that's going to be really fun. Um, I think it's one year next year for Big Egg. And I think we, we sort of have a lineup for what the anniversary would be. And it's actually kind of funny. But yeah. Look forward to that. It's going to be really cool. It's some of the best wrestling writing out there. Um, quick, maybe unrelated plug. Maybe it's related. West Coast Pro is running Timothy Thatcher versus Chris Hero. That's going to oh, be yeah. great. I'm so excited to watch that. And yeah, I'm just going to throw that out there. Did you watch the setup? I watched the angle, yes. And okay, I recently yeah, yeah. binged the whole series. Nice. It's all great. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's Hero versus Thatcher, guys. There's so much good shit there. I I watched the match. Le- I watched actually most of that show, but I watched the match leading up to it and the angle. And I I did find that weird too because I heard someone say, "Oh, you know, Thatcher had a one sided beating before," and it's like it was not. He actually sold really big for the guy he was wrestling before. That's L- T J Thorn or something. Thorn. Like that. Anyways, J T yeah, Thorn. J T Thorn. That's it. Um, yeah, he it was not a one sided beating, but. Yeah, the angle. I was think great. you heard that from West Coast Pro. I think they called it that on. Did Twitter. they call it that? Yeah, that makes. Yeah, sense. they said a one-sided bout. Yeah. Yeah, it was not. It was definitely not. Thatcher did a ton to get that kid over. It was actually pretty good, and it it sucks to then treat it like an afterthought. I mean, the angle kicked ass, but you should have probably used it as something to to do something for that kid. Anyways, um, yeah, check out Big Egg. I think I'm a day one subscriber, or at least close enough. I've been on I'm it. Pretty sure you might year. have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would definitely recommend it. I check out all of it. The Terry Funk month was phenomenal. Thank you everybody and for yeah, listening. Oh, it's a it's it's a prestigious list of subscribers. <laughs> you don't know that, but I know that. I so I'm telling you, you should join it. Yes. You can get your uh, name added to the historic list of uh, subscribers to Big Egg. <laughs> well thank you as always Joseph for even just a little bit of your time I always appreciate it and, uh, absolutely really, uh, check out the rest of the podcast network I plugged everything earlier but plug it again same stuff you know what to do uh, bye bye